Gerilyn Steele is a singer. Musically, she's recorded a song with Prince. Uh, she's performed with the orchestras here in Minnesota and elsewhere, of course. Performed duets with Carol King, which we'll talk about in a little while. Elvis Costello, for Pete's sake. Her vocal talents also landed her a feature in the film A Prairie Home Companion, which uh, starred Meryl Streep and Garrison. Of course, our good friend Tim Russell and Gerilyn was in that. She performs with her family as well, as I think many of you know. Have performed from Carnegie Hall to the stage over here at the Super Bowl. Did you notice him during the show? Oh, my God. Yeah. He was dead center upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with gold, purple, and, you know, beautiful hair flying. I said, oh, yeah, I could barely pay attention. <laughs> she has a Sunday night show on CCO Radio, Steel Talking. And today on my first concert, we welcome Gerilyn. And it is brought to you by Propane and by Star Bank. Gerilyn, it's awesome to see you. It's so great to see you, Dave. You look great, by the way. <laughs> and I appreciate the embellishment. Thank you for that. Uh, Gerilyn, uh, we're joined by Brianne, who's our producer here. Brianne, good to see you today. Good to see you. And we're on talknorth.com. You can also load this podcast at Apple, Spotify, subscribe, whatever's easiest for you. And we'll talk about that throughout the, the show. But the title of the show, Gerilyn, is My First Concert. So for you, growing up in Gary, Indiana... What was the first concert you attended? Do you remember? First concert I attended was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm. I was 16 years old, and my sister Janice was um, um, going to the uh, Indiana State University, and um, she loved that school. And the concert was there, and she called her my mom and said, "Can Geraldine come and see this concert?" And of course, my mother, a staunch Christian one, was like, "No, <laughs> absolutely not." <laughs> But somehow mom softened and I had a chance to go. I cannot tell you how exciting. And this was the Pyramid album. Remember the Pyramid album for oh, yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire? So they came I flying in. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I was so shocked that a concert that large, it must have been 2,000 to 3,000 students. I mean, it was so many people at this concert. And I just said, I want to do that. I just, I want to be on the stage. I can't fly in because I know I can't handle that. <laughs> we know our limits, darling. We know our limits. Yeah. But it was a remarkable night. And, and it was I, a show. It was a show show. I mean, it was the best. I would say it's in the list of best concerts even today for me. Three original members still in that band who I just saw uh, not long ago at Mystic Lake. And I'm shaking my head going, they sound like they used to sound. It's oh, amazing. Philip Bailey can still sing it yeah. all. But nobody flew in. They just kind of came on. They just kind of slowly, slowly. slowly walked out <laughs> on the stage. But, boy, they still had it. It's like we were talking about the Doobie Brothers. They still got it. I mean, they, they still sound terrific, and that's, that's pretty amazing. I just don't know how uh, singers like you keep the voice like you do. Uh, but let me ask you this. At 16 years old, were you already performing? Oh, absolutely. My first um, concert with my siblings I was five years old in a blue taffeta dress with curls in my hair. <laughs> and we were opening for Mahalia Jackson. Oh, my. And, of course, I had no idea of the significance of Mahalia Jackson at that time at the age of five. I mean, think about that. Yeah. And so now when I go look back at that, I go, oh, my gosh. We did that? Really? Where was that at? That was in Gary, Indiana at a place called the Barber Youth Center. 
And it was one of the largest centers there, you know, other than one of the schools had a bigger auditorium. It was jam-packed. There were other choirs that sang. And I'll never forget my little sister um, at the time, Javita, who was, you know, five years older than her. And she was so small, and my mother was holding her. And Mahalia Jackson didn't have any children, and she walked over to my mother and said, oh, how blessed you are to have all of these children. Because my, my parents had, we have six, it's six of us. That's a lot. Were they singers? My father and his siblings sang and actually recorded a 45. And it was gospel, and we still have that today. And my father played guitar, um, with, um, was kind of the leader of the family after, um, after getting past a really difficult time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, I think about that, and I get very happy. Because you don't realize what it means at five to stand in front of who was considered the greatest gospel singer of all time. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, an icon. Even then. Even then. So I just, that story in itself always touches me. I look at the picture sometimes and, you know, it's just really moving. After Earth, Wind & Fire... You're, you're a performer, so time is limited, really, when you're out singing yourself, as you as you have been all, most of your life. But any other concerts that stand out for you through the years that you <laughs> yeah. saw as a fan? <laughs> I, I, okay, I wouldn't say as a fan. Um, when we started working with Prince, that was a big, gigantic deal, you know, to actually walk into Paisley Park, and he's standing there welcoming us, you know. Um, and to have us be a part of a concert, and you look out in this stadium that's just gigantic in in England, you, you're blown away by it, let me just put it that way. And so there were times when I would walk in and just be in awe. I couldn't even say hello. You know, people would walk. It was George Clinton and the Staples. Oh. It was uh, um, um, Mavis Staples and her dad, you know, Pop, Pop Staples. Yeah. yeah. And they, we were all involved in this, and... Here are these, you know, it was Jerry, uh, I mean, uh, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam, and ah, everyone was around. And then there's Prince right there in the center. And all I could do was look at how fine he was. I couldn't even really realize that we were working with this man because I'm just looking, he's so pretty. (laughs) Prettiest man in high heel shoes I ever met. (laughs) Was Was he vocal? Did he talk much? Not at first, yeah. because he loved Javita's voice, and so Javita and JD worked with him first before the rest of us came on board. Um, but oh my gosh, he fell in love with us, and there were times he would call us at three o'clock in the morning, oh sure, yeah, and just say, "Come to the studio, I got some songs." We get there, it take twenty minutes to do what he wanted us to do, and then he go, "Let's go up to the apartment and just talk," and we became family. It was really family. It was wow. very special. Yeah, he had the late night, early morning thing going, didn't he? Yeah. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he did it, man. I don't know. Every day. Uh, my buddy Julius was one of his uh, security guys. And then uh, he, he would always say, he, I get a call. Hey, I need you here at 2 a.m. And he'd go, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Said, I just show up. Yeah. And it was just wacky hours. And you recorded with him. We recorded with him. Um uh, we have one, two, three, we have five, four gold albums and one um, platinum. And we were honored to be on those albums, just so honored. And so they hang in my mother's house. Yeah, I can't imagine. So you were not, but you didn't, before he called you and said, hey, come on over here, um, how much did you pay attention to his music? 
A lot, because you my did. brothers loved his music. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it I, I didn't like. I, I asked him one time, I said, why do you have to be so bad with the lyrics to your songs? You know, you, I don't understand why it has to be those type of lyrics, you know, talking about a woman's body the way he did, like that song, Cream. I said, why? Why do you have to be so bad? And he said, it's not that I'm so bad, it's that you're so good, Jarlin. <laughs> you're the Christian girl, so it doesn't make sense to you. But I'm not like that. That's what he said. Yeah. But he, he became a strong Christian. He did. Yeah. He was walking over North Minneapolis, um, going door to door. Yeah. As a Jehovah Witness. Well, you know, we talk about you performing at the Dakota, which you're going to be doing with Fred here in... Just a few days. Just a few days. But uh, he, I know that the Dakota, where I like, we like to go and, and, and see shows, he used to just be up in the balcony. And he was. We did a Valentine's Day show before he died. Um, at the Dakota, and he um, had one of his, uh, a, a woman that was working with him, he really wanted to grow her into this big star. Um, and so the night before, he had decorated the the Dakota. It was absolutely beautiful, flowers and drapes and just gorgeous. And he said to the management at the Dakota, keep this on stage for the steals. They don't know I'm coming tomorrow, but I'll be here. And sure enough, we get there, and it's like, oh, this is beautiful. Who did this? And one of the managers said, Prince said, leave it here for the steals. And there he was up in the, he bought out the whole balcony. Mm -hmm. I, is it the balcony? Is that what that's called? Yeah. The upstairs area. Yeah, upstairs, yeah, that's where we usually end up sitting. So did, did, you, did you notice him during the show? Oh, my God. Yeah. He was dead center upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with gold, purple, and, you know, beautiful hair flying. I said, oh, yeah, I could barely pay attention. <laughs> Going like this, I'm singing with Javita, looking up. Singing with Javita, looking up. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you got to crank your neck a little as a performer to look up at that balcony yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I cranked a whole lot that night. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mind at all, okay? Well, uh, hang on. When we come back, I want to ask you about Carol King. All right. It's a pretty cool story. Hey, our bank here at Talk North is Star Bank. Star Bank is a dependable friend to have, too, I could tell you that. They actually have real people answer your phone call. Something old is suddenly something new again, isn't it? At Star Bank, they make local lending decisions. It's important for you if you're, let's say, in an ag-related industry and you've got to make a real quick turn on something in rural Minnesota, or if you're making decisions regarding your company right here in the Twin Cities. And things are always ever-changing. They understand that. They adjust to that. They can call audibles. They have 10 locations throughout the state. And they serve a variety of businesses, but they reinvest in the communities they serve as well. We've seen that through the years. Very involved. And it offers them an opportunity to display the star bank integrity that customers already know about. But this agility I'm talking about when it comes to making quick moving parts in your business decisions, they get it. They do it. Starbank.net. That's the website. They have all the technology you need and want in today's banking world. And yet they have that personal touch. So I would download the app as well. But know you can always visit these people who get to know your name when you walk in. And frankly, what happens is you get to know theirs too. It's a pretty cool place. Starbank.net. They're very good. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Dave Lee here with Gerilyn Steele. Brianne is with me as well. Uh, Brianne, you're familiar with Carol King, of course. Who couldn't be? The, the queen, the Carol King queen, right? Yeah. It has her own musical. Yes. She's written so many great songs. She's a huge pop culture icon, even in just kind of a production standpoint. She's written so many songs that it just kind of touches other artists and different genres and stuff. I'm a big fan. And when uh, Tapestry came out, it just, I mean, it just, it was the album. It, when it came out, people were just shaking their heads, and I think they were hearing her perform, and 
Didn't realize all the things she had written prior to that. In fact, when you go to the musical, I think a lot of people are shaking their heads going, she wrote that? She wrote that? Gerilyn Steele is with us. Gerilyn, uh, you've met Carol King. I have. And she said something quite beautiful to you. You, you know, you never told me this story. I had to hear it from somebody else, <laughs> that what Carol King said about you. And um, if I could just have you relate that story. Uh, tell us about where you met her and, and uh, the performance, if you wouldn't mind. I met her at the airport when we landed in Baltimore. It was a Prairie Home Companion was doing a show there, and she was one of the guests, which I didn't know that. And so at the airport, um, we were waiting for our, our luggage, and I was standing next to Garrison, and he says, My dear, how would you like to sing with Carol King? <laughs> and I said, What? He says, Yes, she's on the show. And I went, Oh my goodness, Garrison. He said, um, If you want to do that, I, I think she would be really happy to have you join her. And I went, absolutely, sir. Absolutely. And then, of course, I couldn't think. I couldn't speak after that. I'm walking around the airport with my mouth agape, right? Because I'm just, I'm stunned. But I, I said to myself, okay, Gerilyn, whatever you do when you sing with her, make sure you don't overpower in any way. You know, she has this tenderness um, in her voice that I love. And I didn't want to interfere in any way. So I kept telling myself, whatever you do, follow her lead. We get on the stage at a, for rehearsal and she comes out onto the stage and all of a sudden I'm looking around at everyone going, do you see this? I mean, is this, this me? I mean, that's Carol King. Oh my God. So um, she came right over to me and said, I am so happy you're here and I really wanted to sing with you. And I'm just tears, you know, oh, thank you so much, Miss King. And we started singing this song. I could hear them. The band starts playing, and I went. Is she playing the piano at all at that point? She was she playing the piano, and then she got up because I know we got up and kind of sang together. I don't remember her being on the piano. Forgive me, but um, of course I was too over, <laughs> <laughs> too much for me. But she, I, I started listening to what they started playing, and it was Natural Woman, which is one of my absolute favorite songs. And I said, I'm singing Natural Woman with Carol King? Oh, my gosh. And we did a rehearsal, and she goes, that's it, that's it, do exactly that. And I said, okay, thank you so much for the opportunity. She was so kind. After the show, when we actually did the show together, backstage, she said to me, no one has ever sung that song the way I wanted to hear it except you. Wow. She said, that's the way it should have been sung. And I said, ma'am, are we talking about everyone who sung that song? Like Aretha Franklin? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, oh, are you yeah. okay? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a hit list of all the people that have sang that. Yeah. I, and so I was, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. And I had the best time with her. She's like an aunt to everyone. That's, that's how I would describe her, like my aunt that I never met. And then I met her and fell in love with her instantly, instantly. Yeah. It was a beautiful experience. And the audience went nuts when she came out on stage. And, and then after that, she went to be on um, Martha Stewart's show. And um, I had watched that show several times, and it was okay. And all of a sudden, I started getting all these pings on Facebook, and I you know, started hearing from people going, oh, my God, oh, my God, you, they talked about you on Martha Stewart's show. And I went, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Because Carol King was the featured artist, I mean, the featured guest on that show to help cook with Martha Stewart. 
And she says, hey, Martha, they're making some dish. She goes, you ever heard of a Prairie Home Companion? She goes, oh, yeah. She says, well, I did that show the other night. And I tell you, this woman, you ever heard of Geraldine Steele? And, and I'm going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> All I could do, Dave, was scream. I just kept screaming. Then there's tears. And I'm, I'm trying to just, oh, my God. Now I'm just the ugly scene. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, it was really powerful for me. Life-changing. Yeah. Have you ever had a chance to see her musical? I have not seen the musical yet. I was out of town when it first came here. I think, too, about being an entertainer. Once you're, and your schedule's crazy, it's hard to go see other entertainers. But Carol King, what an icon. What a compliment. Oh, my gosh. But I love to go and hear others sing and perform. I just love that. It's a big part of what I do. Go support others, you know? Now, another iconic... Uh, singer-songwriter, Elvis Costello. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so here's this story. God help me, because <laughs> Rich Dorsey is going to go, no, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. So um, I knew he was coming on the show, and uh, I love his wife's music, you know, Diana Krall. And I couldn't believe it. He comes in, um, in fact, the day before we did the rehearsal at um, Town Hall in New York, and um, I was so excited about being performing on the stage at Town Hall, and um, I heard that he was going to be there. I was told, now, Gerlin, um, don't we're going to do the Threadbare song, and he doesn't want any backgrounds, I'm sure. Don't learn it. Don't try to ask him if it's okay to sing with him. And I was like, why? And he said, because he's not going to want that. And I said, okay, you would know, because they worked with him before. And I was in my... my um, hotel room and I kept walking back and forth pacing going I know he needs me on that song I just <laughs> I'm sure of it I'm just sure of it and so I learned the song I had heard it only once didn't know it and I took four hours in my hotel room and I sang that song over and over until I memorized it so well every note next day showtime we have rehearsal before he walks in and he looks at me, he goes, oh, are you Geraldine Steele? I said, yes. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'm singing this Threadbare song. And now he's standing there, and Rich is going, don't ask, Geraldine, don't say it. Don't do it, don't do it. And all of a sudden, he says, would you like to sing this song with me? <laughs> oh, my God. There had to have been a heart attack on me that day. <laughs> Honestly, it was absolutely uh, one of the most incredible moments because it reminded me not only of who I am, but whose I am. When you find yourself in that space, that really clear, important space, that's when you just fall on your knees. And that's what happened to me. When that show was over, I wept. Because I never, ever thought that could happen. Never. Especially when I was advised, don't do it. Yeah. Because you're right. They're around that person. They've got a pretty good handle. They know. Would, had he not asked you, would you have asked? I would not have. Mm -hmm. I respect those that know. But I learned it anyway. <laughs> Something <laughs> said, learn it. So I said, well, if it happens that he needs a voice on there, I'll be ready. Venues. Got a favorite venue that you performed at? Oh Does it matter gosh. to you? It doesn't matter to me, but I have to tell Among you. Among the best. Don't, I, I'm not going to ask you to isolate one because yeah. that's kind of unfair. Exactly. So you know Carnegie Hall is one of my favorites. I mean, we walked out into that magic circle that they called it, and I'll never forget when we arrived and there was no one out in the audience, there was no one on the stage really, and all of us, the five of us, just walked out there and went, oh, 
Oh my gosh. You know, it took us all the way back to the 1950s and 40s and all the stories my mother have told us about the South and um, all that had happened. You know, this was history. And um, I think every one of us cried. Every one of us just, we couldn't believe we were there. So that was one of the top, uh, for sure. But I would say, uh, in the Berkshires, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. It starts with a T, Tanglewood. I'm so sorry, I can't remember. But that was a really special space, too, because Garrison decided that night, uh, with all these people, it must have been 25,000 people sitting on the heels as it kept going up. And he started singing um, gospel music and hymns, he loves hymns, and a lot of them I didn't know, and he said, just follow my lead. And the audience was weeping with tears of joy. We were on stage weeping with tears of joy. And when that was done, it felt as though I had cleansed on the inside out. I was a new person, that's what it felt like to me. When I got on the bus with everyone else, I just thought, oh my God, there's a new me. How is she going to do? <laughs> That's the big question. Am I going to like her? Yeah, am I going <laughs> to like that girl? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there, there were many of those stages, but when we performed at Wembley Auditorium, um, Arena, I'm sorry, in London with Prince, and all of those screaming fans, uh, that's also at the top of the list. Elsewhere internationally. Oh, my goodness. So I performed with Women Who Cook, um, in Russia, we were in Moscow and Sochi, and we performed at Gorky Park, and that was a really big deal for me. I remember sitting on one of the benches there, and uh, I was by myself just taking it all in. How did we get here? We were the first group to be asked to perform in Moscow um, with an independent producer. There were no independent producers. Everything was under the state, and we were the first and I sat on this, this bench just thinking, oh, my God, we're going to sing in this space at Gorky Park. Oh, my gosh. And a woman was sitting at the end over here, and I'm sitting right on the end here. Just a, a local woman? Just a local woman, had no idea who she was. And I finally turned to her, and I said, um, hello, in my own, in, in English. And she waved at me. And then we kept getting closer. I would scoot down, she'd scoot down. I'd scoot down, she'd scoot down. And we tried to communicate and I gave her my information. She said something about your number or something like that. And I gave her my address and my phone number, and she gave me hers. And I could barely understand it, right? But I figured it out. And she wrote me once I got home. And she had written 17 pages, and only four were in the envelope. So it went 1, 10, 12, 17 because she's Armenian, and they were hated there, just like we were hated here. And uh, I wept for days. You had no idea when you first I talked to her. I had no idea. We were just trying to have a, a conversation from the heart, because we couldn't speak each other's language, but we were able to communicate. You communicated. We did. The uh, Gorky Park uh, crowd, how were they? Exceptional. <laughs> really? Um, many of them knew some of the songs, you know, um, a, a few of them. And we would hear them singing along with us. And Jeannie Arlen Peterson was the senior of the group. Oh, Jeannie was yeah, with us. Yeah, okay. Jeannie was with us, man. And she would sing That's What Friends Are For. And <laughs> it was 
It was incredible. <laughs> Just those memories alone bring me absolute joy. I don't care how angry I am if I start to think back on some of those times. It just was wonderful. And um, they didn't know how to um, describe us in their language, women who cook. So they put us in a convertible and they drew a caricatures of each of us and set us in this convertible. And they had posters everywhere. And we were called women in the kitchen. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It didn't translate quite the Did same. Did not translate well. <laughs> so what are you gonna do when you come home, right? <laughs> oh my god, women who cook was in <laughs> Moscow and Sochi. Yeah, but they don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a whole different feel on that. Whole different feel. She is Gerilyn Steele. Uh this is uh, my first concert. Dave Lee here. Brianna's with me as well. The show's brought to you by Propane, uh, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. Uh, pretty cool stuff here. Reducing carbon emissions is good for all of us, right? How in the heck do we do that? How do we reduce emissions while also meeting our world's increasing energy needs? And propane is an excellent way to reduce those emissions, and yet it does meet our energy needs of today. It's clean, propane is. It's non-toxic energy source, and that helps reduce carbon emissions right now. In fact... Propane's carbon intensity score here in Minnesota is only 80. Grid electricity in Minnesota, including wind and solar, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. And there's a pretty good chance you didn't know that, but using propane, much cleaner than electricity. How about that? Plus the abundance of propane. And then the growth of the renewable propane means it can be used for generations beyond us. So millions of Americans rely on propane, heating homes and businesses, fueling vehicles on road and off, and a lot more. Making propane the right energy right now. I'd find out more about what propane can do for you in the environment by going to propane.com. Brianne, I've been dominating here with uh, Gerilyn, but anything that you'd like to know or ask or talk to her about? So you've lived such an interesting life. When kind of, so obviously you performed, you said about around five years old, but when kind of was the first more so kind of performance that, you felt you were kind of coming into your own as a performer? Well, that's a great question. I sang with my family for so many years, and I still do. Yeah. But I wanted to be a pop star. I really did. No one else in the family wanted to be a pop star but me. Uh, and, of course, I, I didn't look the part. I didn't sound the part. <laughs> and I love pop music. I could sing pop music all the time. Um, and so I started doing concerts of pop music. And I'll never forget at the Dakota one time, I stood up and I said, I looked at Billboard and they had an article where they said, these are the top 10 most difficult pop songs to sing. And you said, I want to do those. And I was like, okay, but I wouldn't <laughs> do all of it. I'd only do a little bit of it, you know, just, just a little bit because I knew, oh my gosh, these are really tough. <laughs> like Whitney Houston's, you know, if I, you know, I think that song, you're doing right? okay there. Right, right. <laughs> and I started singing this song and the audience is like, oh, thank you. That's such a great song. And then I get to this part and I stop and go, okay, that's it. Because I'm not going to try to sing all of Whitney's song. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it just, um, so I really have a great time um, being able to stand on that stage as myself and just sing all the things that I want to sing, you know? And I look around and my family is all in the audience you know, my siblings, and I'll say, okay, so the steel's going to come up, right? You guys are going to come up and sing a song with me now. And it's just a beautiful night. So I think that's what um, changed my trajectory when it comes to music. I wanted to try really unique and unusual songs, sometimes a lullaby. You know, I sang Prince's song, How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore, you know. 
that sort of thing. I that's really you singing your truth. That's who you are and showing right. and sharing it with the world. So exactly. that, that's really cool. Do you have a favorite song that you like to sing? I mean, I'm sure you have a few, but if you had to pick. In which genre? Exactly. Uh, pop music. What's okay, your favorite pop so song? Pop music. Um, there was a song um, that Peter Mayer, who was actually from Minnesota. I think he's from Minnesota, but he lives in Minnesota. And he gave me an album one time. I interviewed him on TPT's Almanac, um, the entertainment reporter there. And he started singing some music, and I was weeping. I'm sitting, you know, in the back going, wow. And this song is called um, Japanese Bowl. And it talks about how Japanese bowls break, and then they fix them with gold. I love that tradition, and I love the con- the metaphor of it. And right. I've, I've heard a couple musicians play with that, and I, that was the first time I had heard of it. And it's that right. you break and you're put together more beautifully. Exactly, Kintsugui That's is what it's called. Exactly, yeah, I love that. So it was. Um, I'm like one of those Japanese bowls. I was made long ago. I have some cracks in me. They have been filled with gold. That's what they use to do. When there's a bowl to mend, it just, I I was in tears. I woke up listening to that song. I would like every morning for about four or five months. And I fell in love with it and I started performing it. And that first time I performed it for Prairie Home Companion was in San Diego. And it was a huge auditorium packed to the rafters. And I kept saying to myself, don't cry. Don't cry, Jalen, because the song is so precious. And everyone was crying. So I went, okay, I can cry. It's okay. It's okay to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. That's the thing with music, though. Um, one thing I think everyone in the world would agree to is that music speaks, period. It talks to us. It advises us. It uh, touches gives, us. It, yeah. And it gives us a reason to keep going, right? Because the question I have always asked, who is responsible to tell me when I'm done? Who's going to tell me, Gerilyn, you're not singing well anymore. You should step down. Because I'll never stop. Someone that I love and know is going to have to say, you're done. And I'm not going to listen. So they're going to have to say it many times. And that's a challenge for artists, no matter what they're, I don't care if you paint or whatever it is. If you're an artist, someone has to tell us because we, we just don't want to stop. Well, music is a great therapy. Every one of us, whether we can sing or not, some of us can't. <laughs> but but the, the point is that we, we all share in that. I think we all wish we could you know sing like Gerald Steele. I was told you, I wish my dad were alive because he would, you'd be the, the joy of his life, I can tell you that. I, I want to ask you about the family, though, because we're talking about performing with your family all these years. You still love performing with your family. Eagles, other bands, not so good sometimes, right? That's right. Uh, but somehow you have managed to continue to perform together and seemingly, from the outside, get along. We get along very well. I mean, I would say... In fact, I've said this many times. We hit the family lottery, right? I may not be rich from a lottery, but I have. I'm just 
It's beautiful. That's my favorite Chris Stapleton line where he says, I'm, I'm a millionaire because he has mm-hmm. all this love in his life. Exactly. And that's what makes it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite songs, because I think about that all the time is I'm, I'm a certainly not a rich woman, but yeah. I feel incredibly wealthy with the things that are in my life, right. the important things. And, and feel free to enough. say that. Say, I'm not a rich woman, but I'm a rich woman. Absolutely. There right. You go. <laughs> And Chris Stapleton is a millionaire at this point. Uh, Joke's on us at this point because he actually is. But I think you wrote that before that. What a nice man. I don't know um, if you were with me when he was at the station and we met him. And he, you know, I I told Brianne the story maybe last week. Nobody knew who Chris Stapleton was. But he sang, came in and sang three songs before he was Chris Stapleton. And the most humble, nicest and you know what he, he, he I don't I don't know any his psyche I don't know what he's thinking but he seemed like a really satisfied guy like and then all all these blessings have happened to him since but obviously they happened before that as well so that's kind of cool um, if you were to put together a concert who would you book wow posthumously yes it, whoever you want <laughs> it's a tough question but among those that you would put on stage and we say Gerilyn Steele presents whatever concert it was. Wow. <laughs> that's a hard one, man. Isn't that something? That is a hard one. Um, it's fun to think about, though. It is fun to think Everybody about. Everybody listening. I mean, I want you to think about who you would have at your concert if you could book two, three, four, whatever, individuals, bands, whatever. Wow. Well, first of all, it may not make any sense, but I would absolutely have my father there. He played guitar, so he'd be my guitarist and a vocalist. There you go. Um, all of my siblings would be in the audience, and I would call us up to do a song. Um, I think I would absolutely call on, let me make sure I want to say this. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my gosh, don't want to say that. I, you know, And I would. I would say Prince because he and I would have a great time going back and forth with each other. Um, one time he was on the stage uh, in the rehearsal space and he had on this diaphanous suit, right, jumpsuit, and he had on a, a trench coat, long trench coat, but he opened it. Well, things were revealed. So I'm in the back and I said, take off the jacket. I mean, take off the coat. I mean, I don't understand. What are you doing? And he goes, you're like an old man. <laughs> Carolyn, I can't believe you. Like I said, I'm just saying, sir, I don't understand. Why do you put that on and then put this trench coat over it and leave it open. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, it'd be him. <laughs> he would be on the stage. <laughs> but also, uh, people that I loved in Gary, Indiana, you know, um, Michael Jackson was from yes. Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know any of his siblings at all. My brothers used to go and hear them do doo-wop on the corners, but I didn't really? know anything about that. Yeah. Never met them either. Even um, my son did a magic show for his son, for his birthday, for one of his sons. And so he came out, just couldn't hardly speak. Bob, you know, Michael Jackson. I know, baby, I know. Calm down. (laughs) But there were so many gospel greats as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just Mahalia Jackson, but um, uh, James Cleveland, you know. Um, And I'm a hymn girl. Garrison has really convinced yeah. me about the hymns that he loves and taught me so many different hymns. But Greatest Thou Faithfulness is one of my favorite ones, you know. So there are so many. It's hard for me to come up with even yeah. four because I there's so many that 
were just in town. There was a family called the Blakely family in Gary, Indiana. Denise Williams is from Gary, Indiana. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And um, they were all friends. My brothers were friends with Denise. Some of them went to school with her. And um, just beautiful people that can show enough sing, right? Mm -hmm. But Minnie Rippleton, she would be on the stage. She would be part of that. Do you know that voice? Oh, yeah. Well, I know that I can't imagine singing like her. Yeah. But and her daughter, of course, was on Saturday Night Live for years. And not only that, she was part of a Prairie Home Companion, the movie. She was That's the stage right. manager, very that. pregnant, yes. yeah. yeah, a sweetheart, Maya beautiful, Rudolph Maya Rudolph. About. Yeah. That's right. Minnie Ripperton, yeah, I still remember when that came out. That was another song on that list that was the most difficult pop songs to sing. And as soon as you know, I was like, "The loving you," all that part was great, but when she did that high part, yeah. I stood back from the mic and went, (laughs) and I looked at the audience. I said, did you really think I was going to go into the heavens with that note? Not going to happen. So, yeah, that's a difficult question. I'll have to really Mm -hmm. think about that. My father was a huge fan of George Beverly Shea. He used to sing on the Billy Graham, uh, uh, when Billy Graham would have the uh, rallies. And it was all hymns. All hymns. And he said, I want you to listen to this. You know, and I, of course, I'm, I'm listening to whatever I was listening to. It wasn't yeah. George Beverly Shea, I can tell you that. But he, the, he was just captivated by hymns. So that's really interesting when you talk about that as well. Yeah, and the thing for me with hymns is that it tells a story over and over and over again, but the story changes. Mm-hmm. Right? Whatever you need in that moment, it can be that song for that story. And that's what I love about hymns. Next time I have to, you have to bring the rest of the family. I got a feeling there's some stories that could come out that could be pretty fun. Wow, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't. Well, I have a little bit of an idea. Yeah, and let's do a why. retrospective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the steals. Well, my sister Javita is, you know, to me a superstar. She has, a, she was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Um, for the songs she did in a movie called Baghdad Cafe, she's toured all over the world. She's probably toured the most out of all of us. Oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah. She's just amazing, and her voice, I love working with her, love singing with her. And I, um, she would be on that list too. Um, the thing about it is that each of us is so different. Um, our individualism comes out. You, I mean, if you had all six of us lined up, you go, wow, what happened? Because <laughs> 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 you know? we're all so different, but we absolutely love to sing together. And there are gospel singers I love to work with. Tom Tipton. Did you ever know Tom oh, Tipton? Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, he and I would sing. He was the one that introduced the Steels to something other than church, right? Because mm-hmm. we were doing gospel when we first got here, and only gospel. And he would say, no, I'm going to take you and introduce you to some of these corporations that do these big shows and blah, blah, blah. And that's how we started moving, extending our gifts. And I am so grateful for him. Are you hopeful about the preservation of kind of the art of hymnals because my, my mom, she's about 70 years old and she loves them because she says it reminds her of growing up in church and being with her parents and her grandparents. And I don't necessarily have the, I love it because my mom loves it, but it's right. almost like a, it's lost a little bit of that personal connection. And so are you hopeful or kind of maybe worried that the art of singing hymns and just kind of the appreciation will start to kind of dwindle as time goes on? I think it already has begun to dwindle. Yeah. Uh, because the problem is young people are not going to church 
Like you. Are yeah. you going to church? <laughs> Every day I'm going to church, but not, not stepping inside, that's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> that's kind of my loophole. Yeah, exactly. So it's really tough when, you know, all of a sudden you lose it. Like in Africa, they have the, the griots that tell the stories, you know, the share the stories so that the people never forget. Every generation has to hear all the stories. Right. Um, if we were to do that with the hymns, that would be great. And we've had a really good run of it, right? Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, there are churches that don't have, even the church I grew up in did not have a hymnal. Right. Um, So it depends on the denomination, of course. But I do say that no matter what happens, if we start to lose our hymns, I know that one day it will be picked up. I don't know if aliens will show up, pick up a hymnal that was buried somewhere and just start singing. Right. I I fully believe that as well. I'm hopeful like that, too. They live forever. Yeah. And those songs and music live forever. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Robinson. My goodness. Our Pavarotti. He really is. Great gospel singer. Great gospel singer. Um, We have worked with him several times. We did a a concert for Martin Luther King, I believe. Martin Luther King Day. And this was probably five or six years ago. And his voice is so powerful. You feel it from the inside out. It's as though he takes a pearl of his voice, drops it inside of you, and then all of a sudden it just spreads. That's what it feels like to me remarkable singer. His whole family can sing. I mean, all of them, right? Um, I look at him and I say, why aren't you super famous? He's that good. Gospel is his thing. He could be like the greatest gospel singer of all time, right? But he's this quiet um, person who says, this is what I'm going to do. And for us, especially when you're singing gospel, even for me, the most important thing is to, to deliver the gift, right? Whatever your gift is, when I'm preparing to sing, the first thing I say to myself, Jarlin, prepare to deliver the gift. So I think of myself as a postal worker, right? As though I come into an audience or come onto a stage, and my main reason for being there is to deliver that kernel of joy, right? And every person that accepts it, then I know I've done my job, right? I know I've done my job. And that's all I want to do for the rest of my life when it comes to working. I want to just deliver whatever I have anywhere I can at all times. Your fans feel the same. I don't think there's much question about that. I appreciate you coming over. It's great to see you, as as always. And... uh, uh, we'll see you soon uh, again, I'm sure. But uh, you might have to think about bringing the whole family in here. I think uh, It'll be wild. we could let it fly. Wonderful. We'd <laughs> yeah. have to sing a couple of ditties, okay? <laughs> That's the beauty of everybody being different, though. That's probably why you get along so yeah. darn well, you know. Yeah. Hey, I want to let you know, you know I'm in school, and I will be graduating with my master's in May. And I'm really excited about yeah. that. I can't, can't, Congrats. I can't wait. St. Kate's? wait. No, remember I started at St. Kate's. You'd start, I know you were St. Yep, Kate's. Yep, then they changed the program, and I went over to Luther Seminary. So I'm actually a seminarian. Yeah, and I'm getting a, de- a degree in leadership and innovation and ministry. So I'll be working with nonprofits. And I never, ever, ever thought that I would be there. I never saw it coming. And when it came, it shocked me, right? You have more gifts to dispense. Do I? Yes. Okay. Tell me that over and over <laughs> I again. Will. Okay. I'll remind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really quite surprising. And the language um, of their theology, I don't understand it. 
right? And so I'm really trying to make sure before I walk away from this school once I graduate, I don't want to forget the, the language that they used on that campus because it's quite remarkable and it's wonderful. And some people speak it like it's, you know, a whole nother language that the whole world should learn, right? But because we interpret the, the, our Bible, our sacred text, we interpret it so many times. I don't know any other faiths that interpret their sacred texts, uh, re redo it, you know, add certain words to it, take away certain words, and it, it all matters. And I'll never forget I was in a class called Thinking Theologically, um, Confessing Publicly. And the professor asked me directly, what do you think about this, Gerlin? I just went, oh, no. <laughs> We're all on Zoom. It's 2020. I'm like, no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's very exciting. Isn't it funny how the road turns? You just don't know. You never know. Yeah, just going to keep your hands on the wheel. Yeah, my mother keeps telling me, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> hurry up, get done with this. Get it done. Congratulations, Gerilyn. Thanks for coming Thank over you. again, as I mentioned before. Brian. When's your show at the Dakota, and can people get tickets oh, to that? Oh, absolutely. It's my brother Fred and I. The show is called Duos, Duets, and Pairings. That is on August 24th. Starts at 7 p.m. at the Dakota. Come out, get your tickets as soon as you can. It is so much fun. There will be songs you can sing along with. There will be songs you've never heard of before. Are you doing seven and nine? No. Just one just show? Just one, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to do two shows. I know, and a lot of times they do a seven o'clock and a nine o'clock, and I'm thinking, yeah. wow, you're going to. And if they need to add one, then we would consider it. <laughs> But I'll leave that in the capable hands of Fred Steele. <laughs> <laughs> she is Gerilyn Steele, and uh, she's been a delight to have here on the show. My first concert, Dave Lee here. Brianna's with me. You can go to talknorth.com and uh, get more information not only on this podcast, but all the podcasts we have here on the network. And also you can uh, go to Apple or Spotify and download it right there as well. And our thanks to Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone, and our bank right here at Talk North, Star Bank, for bringing you the show here on Talk North. We'll see you next time.